Right now, let's chat to a great of the Perth Wildcats, uh, Mike Ellis, championship winning captain and one of the greatest players to don a Wildcats jersey. He's been good enough to join us now on the show to chat the start to the season for Perth as they prepare for one game before a weekend off with the FIBA International window break. Mike, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? We're very well, thank you, Mike, and always nice to chat basketball with you. It has been a sluggish start, a very lofty standard set at the club to the start of this season, a lot of moving parts. How have you seen it from afar? Yeah, it's, uh, it hasn't been the most auspicious start to any season they've had for some time, that's for sure, and uh, Wildcats are used to setting records. It's just not these sorts of records that they're used to setting, so... Um, unfortunately, the biggest thing that the Cats have to worry about are the fans because they, they get a bit feral. They're not used to losing, so uh, they don't react to it very, very well. Um, but look, you know, it's, it's early days. It's a long season. They've got a fair bit of work to do. Uh, I just think they haven't gelled as a group yet, and I think they've still got a lot of work to do. You know, they got mastered a little bit with the Adelaide win, which was a good one, and they certainly needed it. And I think they started to show some of the things that we, you know, come to expect from the Wildcats, you know. So they showed some some decent defensive endeavour and, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, share the ball around stuff. And that's that's what I think they really need to do. Is there, and you know, we're talking about the playing side of it and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but one thing about the Wildcats over the years is that the strength of their administration and their ownership and things of that nature. I mean, we see at the moment there's still no CEO. What what influence is that having on the group and, and, and the, the franchise itself? Look, I think it's a little bit uh, unsteadying. There's no question about that. But ultimately, those guys can't really affect what happens on the court. Mm. All that stuff is just peripheral stuff. It, it's white noise. So when you get on the court, you perform and you need to perform at the level you need to perform at on a regular basis. When you're out in the court shooting foul shots or shooting a three, you're not thinking, oh, we haven't got a CEO yet. You know, that's that's the last thing that pops into your mind, you know? So really, I think whilst it is a little bit unsettling and, you know, they definitely need to get back of house in order, as they do with front of house, um, the playing group really, I don't think, should be using any of that as an excuse. What about John Rilly, who's a new coach in the sense of new coach at the Wildcats? He's got a very good CV as a coach overall with time in the US. But what about for him and for Danny Mills and the lack of understanding of what's happening above them with the CEO and the owners being based interstate for the most part? Yeah, so look, that's, that's a little bit unnerving. But look, they've got, you know, the Cats have got some really good staff on the ground here who know what they're doing. They know what they're doing in the, in the merchandising, in the sponsorship in the running of the game days. You know, they've still got a, a huge amount of knowledge there. So I guess the biggest thing is they're just going to be wanting some direction. And like you said, without a CEO uh, there at the moment, um, you know, the direction falls or comes from, obviously, Hutchie in the, in the first instance, and then, uh, you know, a couple of others within there. But, you know, you can't sit back and think, oh, God, we haven't got this or we haven't got that, so we need to, you know, just not do anything and I'm sure the cats are doing whatever it is that they need to do in the background and ultimately there's a lot of talk about the off-court stuff but mate you win you know they're what what are they now four and four mm. you know if they're six and four or six and three or six and two none of this becomes an issue you know it's just completely forgotten 
So I think the on-court stuff is is really what needs to be viewed and fixed before anything else. And uh, yes, the off-court stuff is vitally important from the actual running of the place. But geez, the guys need to get back on track on the court because it will help the rest of the stuff sort of, uh, you know, pale into insignificance. Um, pressure on the imports. Um, we, there's a lot of pressure on Maddock, of course, but he, he sort of uh, stepped up uh, last weekend. Uh, are you confident that the two that they've got are the ones that can take us forward? Uh, well, there was a huge amount of pressure on Manic, but I've got to say that I thought, well, it doesn't seem to be much of a blowtorch on, uh, on so Sean. And mm. I thought, you know, he hasn't really performed to the level that most of us would have expected. So, you know, I think realistically, they need to, both of those guys need to have some pressure put on them, which they obviously have. So Sean needs to play a bit more. I think he actually really can help the Cats. I think he's just been very passive in the way he's played at the moment, certainly at the offensive end, because he's got a great mid-range jumper. You know, he can really hit that shot, uh, and I just don't think he uses it enough. He really needs to, to be more aggressive at that offensive end, because if he doesn't do that, and if Manick's not hitting that 25 points that he hit the other night, then there's way too much pressure on Cotton, and that's not fair on him to have to carry that entire scoring load because guys like, uh, you know, Blanche are down. He's not, you know, he's hitting a couple of shots here or there, but he's certainly not at the scoring level that he needs to be. Nordo's down. He's still coming back off that injury and hasn't got to his own form, you know, proper form yet. So it's, it's a tough one. It really is. You know, they need the rest of the guys to step up. And with all due respect to Jesse, if Jesse's your second leading scorer, then I think you're in a bit of trouble just quietly. Voice of Mike Ellis, who's with us here on Sports Breakfast, championship winning captain of the Perth Wildcats, chatting the current plight of the team in NBL 22-23. Mike, if I ask you to delve back in your own experiences and uh, such a successful organisation that you were a part of in your playing days, but was there ever a time where you had a, a run of losses and you had to look at your own performance and make under the roof and have some tough conversations? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that regularly happens, you know, and, and it varies in degrees because, you know, when you're really playing very, very well or you're, you're getting lots of wins, one or two losses can be enough to trigger that sort of conversation. Uh, right now, of course, five is a, a whole different level. But, uh, yeah, it, it's... I mean, if I go back to the 1990 grand final, you know, we, uh, we won game one, went over to Brisbane and thought we'd have this thing wrapped up in two and got our butts handed to us in game two. And we had to have some serious conversations in a very short space of time we had like 36 hours to turn it around to uh to win that so you know these sorts of things happen on a very regular basis in professional sport it's just what it is you know there there's and there's many different and varied reasons why things aren't working the way they are the key to it is finding out what it is and what you need to do to fix it and uh i think i think the cats have shown a little bit of that now They've shown a little bit of uh, what we as fans expect. Like I said in the in the opening statement, they showed a little bit of defensive and a little bit of endeavour because up until now, I don't think the endeavour or the energy's been anywhere near to the level it needs to be and the results have well, you know, bared that out. Uh, Todd Blanchfield, you mentioned him and, and how he's he's struggling a bit. What 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 sort of message would you be giving him if you were a coach? You know, to to get him back into the form that we know that he's capable of and what we expected. Uh, confidence is a wonderful thing, 
you know, and you just look at that last game in Adelaide when a few guys started hitting some shots and everybody's shoulders lifted, their their defence got better. I personally think that they need to score more out of their defence, right? Now, Todd is someone that I think needs to play a bigger role at the defensive end. I think he's probably... He's probably down a little bit defensively. He needs to work a lot harder at the defensive end. But as far as his scoring goes, and look, it's not like he doesn't try. It's never been a strength of his over his career. Now he needs to understand that that needs to be one of the weapons in his arsenal, his defense. So he needs to improve in at that end. But as far as his scoring goes, he, he, my advice to him would be, mate, get some easy baskets. Get out on a break. Get to the rim. Get to the foul line. You pick up a few easy, cheap baskets like that. You see the ball go through the, the hoop, and all of a sudden, your confidence starts to feel a little bit better. Then those threes tend to start to drop a lot easier. So, you know, when you're down on form and you're not scoring well, just blazing away from the three, even though that is his forte, isn't the best way to get yourself back into the game. Can hear the passion in your voice, Mike, and, and clearly for you as a former player and former captain, and I guess that's probably with everyone who's represented such a proud club that you, you follow the progress and the, the game, the game performance of this club still so closely. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, you want them to succeed. I mean, I know how much work these guys put in, you know. So it's and you know you see some of the. This is why I don't have social media just quietly because uh, you know, uh, and I hear what people are saying, and you know, my wife has it, so she shows me some of the stuff occasionally, and. And some of the stuff on social media is just brutal, you know. And, and these are people that have never played at that level. They don't understand the work that goes into it. And they also don't understand the nuances of what can be such a, a fine line between winning and losing. And, uh, you know, so, so I'm passionate about it. I want the guys to succeed, you know, obviously for the club, but for themselves as well. Because, you know, young Brady, for example... People forget, kid's 24, he's just come out of college. It's his first pro competition or, for, or first pro contract. And, you know, everyone's lambasting him as if he's, you know, a 10-year professional. You know, it's, it's, it's actually not fair. I, I think that I'm hoping that the, the poor kid didn't sit there and read too much of that stuff because he would have been, you know, wanting to... Uh, pack up his bags and go home, you know. So, uh, But fortunately, he stepped up and, and gone that way. Now, that doesn't mean I still wasn't critical of his play, because I was, because he needed to do some other things. He needed to become that scorer. But it gets back to that whole confidence thing. You know, you saw him, as soon as he knocked down a couple of shots, all of a sudden, most of his shots started to drop. He just felt better about himself. And I think that's what the Cats need to do as a group. They need to feed off each other, get around each other, support each other, and, you know, you can't be playing the blame game and he didn't do this or he didn't do that. They've got to do it collectively, and I think they started to show that. Whether or not that can continue is entirely up to them, and I hope it can. Michael, we underestimating a little the, the, the improvement in the league and the depth of the competition, and there's no easy teams to beat now as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. The league has just, you know, stepped up another level. No, it really is. I mean, how many, how many people would ever have said that the Jack Jumpers and Cans are in the top four? I mean, hello. When, when would anybody think that? You know, seriously, it's just the way the league is right now. You know, they, uh, 
it's just so strong. And the, the evidence is the amount of uh, NBA interest that this league is now getting. And the fact that the next stars are coming down here and the NBA are happy to send players here because they know they play a similar style. They, play that, they don't play that European style, which is very different. And, you know, Australian-speaking, great place for people to live. And, you know, the competition is at the level that the NBA want it to be. So, you know, it is a huge thing, that the, the strength of this league now. And it's, it's fantastic to see. It really is. Mike, one last one. I'd be interested in your perspective on Luke Travers, who's had a whirlwind few months. And we know that he's got an NBA contract and he's, he's uh, serving out the final year here of his contract with Perth. But he's opted out of the... The, the Boomer squad are maybe citing a little bit of fatigue. Do we need to be careful with Luke and, and, and look after him here to make sure that he's still capable of playing his best basketball as this season goes on? Okay, so I, I, I've got two hats uh, on this one. So um, I've got a foot in each camp. So my older, more mature view of things, the way things are now, is, uh, yeah, look, you know, he's, he's a big talent. They need to make sure he's okay. And if, if that's what it is, then the S&C guys are saying he needs a little bit of a rest, then so be it. But the other hat that I wear is, uh, mate, toughen the hell up. What's this load management crap? I'm sorry. It's a load of rubbish from my perspective, you know. Uh, you just got to play through it. And if you're playing and you're down on confidence... Do you think not playing is going to help that? Or do you think playing and feeling better about yourself and getting, you know, some good, easy baskets and, and you know, starting to get a bit of confidence back is better? Me, personally, think the latter. But then I'm old school and when we played, we never got paid. So it's a bit different. We're talking, you know, millions of dollars for these guys now. So hence my first comment. <laughs> yes, I can understand both sides of the image you've just uh, illustrated for us. Still one more game for Perth before we get to the weekend. And, uh, well, actually, no, it's Thursday week, isn't it? We do have a complete weekend off. So a little bit of a wait yes, now yes. before their next game against the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, well, it's the FIBA, the FIBA uh, break now. You know, they've got the qualifiers over in Kazakhstan. So, you know, uh, it's interesting. I guess with Luke, that's, that's a fair bit of travel to go there. And maybe that's what they're thinking about more so, just to get him a bit of a rest, but I think Blanche is going. Mm. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I think this break probably couldn't come soon enough for the Wildcats. Uh, give them an opportunity to get down and get some really good, solid training in and, uh, you know, get together, reformat where they're at. And I think the win over Adelaide was a really nice one. They wouldn't want to have lost that going into this break because it would make this next couple of weeks pretty average. But I think now they've got some confidence and something to build on. So I think they're looking forward to that. Mike, really appreciate you, your time and your passion as always for this proud basketball team that we hold so dear here in West Australia. And we hope there are more wins to come after the fever break that uh, does arrive this weekend. Thanks for your time on Sport FM. My pleasure, mate. Have a good one. You too. Mike Ellis joining us here on Sports Breakfast. You can see why he was a good coach after he finished playing. Because that made me want to run through a brick wall there, the way he was mm. talking and mm. the passion that was coming through in his voice. So, uh, And that's for all former players because they, and I reckon they would have been devastated when they missed the playoffs last year because every player who's been a part of those 35 years was a part of that streak. And when it ended, there would have been a great deal of dissatisfaction, I reckon.